You are listening to the Eating Disorders Recovery Podcast with me, Tabitha Farrar. Hey there. A client of mine suggested that I do a podcast on restriction, or restriction as I see it, because she says that one thing that she think really changed for her in um, the last summer, where she made such incredible strides in her recovery, was really understanding what it means to restrict. And she says that her definition in her mind of what restriction really meant changed a lot and that helped her. I think that first off, let's understand why why do we restrict food when we have anorexia. I think that the explanation of anorexia that makes the most sense to me is that it's an evolved response to famine or perceived famine environment by the brain. So the brain thinks that you're in a famine because you've gone into energy deficit, aka you haven't eaten as much as you need to keep going on a daily basis. So for most people, what they notice is weight loss, but not for everybody. And energy deficit just means like that, your energy that's coming in isn't doesn't match the energy that's going out. So the brain doesn't know that you've gone into energy deficit for any other reason. The most likely reason is that there isn't enough food in the environment because historically that's probably what would have caused energy deficit. So for those of us with the anorexia genetics, we then have this reaction to energy deficit that makes us fear eating more food. And if you look at migrating animals, they also don't tend to eat very much. That's because stopping and eating all the time doesn't really serve migration. So our brains disincentivize us from eating. Our brains try to make us feel that we should move the whole time and and be active and not eat very much. And the way that our brain disincentivizes us from eating is they use the emotions, or the brain uses the emotions of fear and guilt, um, regret, dread. um, And it sees eating more as a threat because it does think that it's a threat to your survival because you can't migrate as much if you're eating the whole time. So that's why we start to want to restrict food. That's why we want to eat less when we have anorexia. And because the brain uses um, emotions to motivate our behaviours, it uses emotions to motivate us to eat less and to move more. And so not only does it use those emotions of fear and guilt, dread and threat at the thought of eating, it uses the emotions of success and well-being and contentment and just general feeling pretty good about ourselves when we don't eat that much. So all in all, that's a pretty strong reason to want to restrict. You feel really bad if you do eat and you feel really great if you don't eat so much. But I think that, well, I know myself actually, when when I first thought, well, I can't possibly have anorexia because I do eat food. I mean, apart from right at the beginning of my illness, where I didn't really eat for a number of days, I I didn't ever not eat food. I um I didn't eat very much food, but I couldn't have said that I just went completely without eating. And I think that that's the perception that many of us have in our heads when we think, "What is a person with anorexia doing? They're ba- you know they're starving. They're not eating anything all day." And arguably, actually. I did eat, and especially in the years that I went into my binge restrict cycle or binge purge cycle because I purged by exercise, I was actually eating more than what a lot of other people ate 
in the 24-hour period. But I was also exercising a ridiculous amount, therefore I was using the exercise to negate the eating more that might have happened. Because that's what's scary when you have anorexia. Most of us can get to a point where we're eating a certain amount of food, but eating more is interpreted by the brain as a threat because that's more than your brain interprets that you need to just keep going and keep migrating. So eating more is what's scary. Anyway, so it's the perception of what restriction is, right? Restriction is not meaning that you don't eat anything at all. You can be eating food and still restricting. In fact, you can be eating quite a lot of food and still restricting if the amount of food that you are eating doesn't match the amount of food that you feel that you have the capacity to eat. And this gets scary because the other response to malnutrition is to have a desire to eat a lot of food. And that needn't be a physical desire because physical hunger cues are expensive for the body. So an under-resourced or malnourished body does not waste a lot of energy. It might not even have the um, hormonal responses available to stimulate actual hunger. We have what I call this mental hunger, which presents itself in thinking about food all day long. And that's the capacity to eat. And that used to scare me because I thought if I actually ate to that mental hunger, I'd pretty much be eating all day. And that's scary. But that is what eating unrestricted would have looked like for me and did eventually look like in that period when I needed to recover from malnutrition. So let's look at all of the different ways that people refeed from anorexia. You might have a more traditional treatment model that thinks that anorexia is a purely psychological illness and the malnutrition is just a side point, and therefore we can't feed people too much because that might freak them out. So let's rehabilitate somebody on, say, 2,000 calories a day. Now, for somebody who is in recovery from anorexia, in their brain, that mental hunger is asking them to eat all day, all the time. It wants to eat so many thousands and thousands of calories. Eating 2,000 calories a day is restricting. If that person has the capacity and the mental hunger asking them to eat more, then eating 2,000 calories a day is restricting. And then as I found out as I went through my own recovery, and bear in mind I never went through a traditional treatment model, so I didn't even know what a meal plan was really, but I did work out in my brain that I needed to eat more than what I was eating at that time. So I used, I gave myself caloric goals. So I'm going to eat two. 2,000 calories. And I, I got that far and then I thought, right now I'm going to eat to 3,000 calories. I got that far and I thought, now I'm going to eat to 4,000 calories. And what really scared me was when I was eating 4,000 calories a day, I still felt like I wanted to eat more. And that's when I began to understand that I could be eating 4,000, 5,000 calories a day. But if I wanted to eat more, if I had that mental hunger asking me to eat more, I was restricting. And so a lot of people say to me, um, you know, they're in recovery and maybe if I have a consultation with someone, they'll say to me, no, I don't restrict. And I'll say, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by you don't restrict? And they'll say, well, I'm on a meal plan that's 2,500 calories and I eat it all. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't mean that you're not restricting because it really doesn't. Um, so what does it mean to not restrict food? It means to eat as if there is no upper limits on the amount of food that one can eat. Sounds simple to say, 
it's actually difficult to imagine if you have anorexia because we have so many limits that even when we take away one limit, another one arises. So, for example, I mean, if somebody, you know, somebody could say, well, I don't restrict bread because I eat bread every day. And I'll say, do you have a rule that you can only eat two slices of bread every day? And most of the time they'll sort of say, um, how do you know that? <laughs> and um, I'll say, no, well, you are restricting bread in that case. Because for you not to be restricting bread, you would have to be eating unlimited amounts of bread per day. And unlimited means as much as you want, as much as that mental hunger desires. And for a person who's in recovery from malnutrition, when the body is going through that phase of needing and wanting a lot of food, that could be a loaf of bread or more a day. And if it's five loaves of bread a day, eating unrestricted means that is what you eat. And... um there's a degree of honesty that comes into this as well. Just that sort of, could I eat more of this food and do I want to, do I have the desire to eat more of this food and am I going to respond to that desire? This is where it gets interesting because you are the only person that can truthfully and honestly answer that question. So I might look at somebody that ate five sandwiches for lunch and think oh maybe that person's not restricting but if you ate five sandwiches for lunch but you know that really you wanted more than that then only you are going to know that you restricted and that you wanted to eat more and you could have eaten more nobody can look at what you're eating and say that's restriction I mean of course there are some very obvious forms of restriction if you're just eating vegetables for lunch I'd probably look at what you're eating and say that's restriction but you could be eating a burger and a packet of crisps for lunch and only you know if you were restricting or not only you know that maybe you wanted some tomato ketchup or some mayonnaise on that burger and you didn't have it on that burger because you were scared of the calories only you know if you didn't put the garnishes on that you wanted to put on only you know if you said no to having cheese on that burger because you were kind of scared and restricting and not wanting to have the cheese that you really desired to have, but you thought, I'll just play safe and not have it. So whether you're restricting or not is generally a question that only you can really answer. And that takes a lot of honesty. And it also takes you being accountable to yourself because nobody else is accountable for your recovery. You're the only one who can know if you're restricting. And that's why it's important for people who are in recovery from anorexia to be empowered with that knowledge that, that you are the person who will recover. And although other people can guide you and support you in your recovery, you are the person who knows if you're restricting food or not. And you are the person who knows if you desire to eat more. And you are the person who is accountable for doing that if you have that desire. And of course, it can be scary because as I said before, Eating a lot of food is a natural human response to periods of malnutrition. And so it's going to be likely that if you eat unrestricted when you're in recovery, you're going to eat so much more than you thought was even possible. So much more than everybody else around you. And that's scary. But also you have to know that that's exactly what you need to do in order to recover. And this is sort of also where we get into orthorexia. So many people can go from sort of what I call pretty severe restriction to 
not so severe restriction, but you know, you're eating more food, but is it the healthiest, cleanest version of that food that you can find? And are you restricting in the say if you're, you know, maybe maybe you're feeling proud of yourself because you started eating nut butter and you know it's a food with fat in it, it's delicious. And absolutely every human in the world should eat nut butter, in my opinion, because it's one of my favourite foods. But if you're walking along that supermarket aisle and you're looking for the nut butter and you think, well, I can only have the no sugar added, crushed by human hands, ultra organic, raw, vegan version of this nut butter. Well, what if you really, what if you really actually feel like eating is the Skippy, which actually, incidentally, Skippy is my favorite peanut butter. There's nothing I love more than peanut butter with added sugar. That's my favorite. But it's scarier because it's got added sugar, right? For most of us. And the brain interprets that as more scary than foods that don't have added sugar. Sometimes it's because there's more calories in them. Sometimes it's because in this modern day and age, the brain just interprets foods that are quote unquote unhealthy as something to be feared, which comes all the way from if you were migrating, foods that would have been higher in calories would have been meat, and meat is something that you have to hunt. And if your body and your brain thinks that you need to migrate to a new area, it doesn't want you to waste a day hunting. So therefore, it disincentivizes you from eating high calorie, aka meat foods in this modern environment that just gets translated into being scared of um, high calorie or nutrient dense foods. But back to the peanut butter anyway. So even in that choice, and whoopie do for you, I'm not joking when I say, well done, you're eating peanut butter, that's fantastic. I take that, I take any type of peanut butter over not eating peanut butter at all. But are you restricting yourself in your choice? You need to be able to walk into a supermarket and know that every food, every type of food, Anything that you can buy and put in your mouth and eat in that store is available to you. And this was a huge realization for me as well, because I used to go shopping to the grocery store and there were probably sort of five items that I could buy when I thought about it. There was this certain brand of special, my special peanut butter I was allowed and my special cereal and my special bread. And it was a really a revelation to me when one day I walked into the supermarket and I thought every single food in this store I'm able to eat. The, the chocolates and, you know, the sort of um, candy that they sell you in America as you line up for the checkout, that had always just been so off limits to me that I don't think I'd even seen it or looked at it or thought of it, that it was a food that I could buy. That was food for other people. And it's just that realization of, no, that's for me as well. I can pick up one of those chocolate bars and I can check out and I can eat that chocolate bar. I don't have to have my special foods. So restriction can come in. In, in even in the type of foods that you buy and the type of foods that your brain translates as being available to you. Because if you can't eat all of the foods in your environment, then you're restricting some of those foods. Or your brain just interprets that as, well, maybe there still isn't enough food, maybe we're still in the famine. So orthorexia is an interesting one when we look at restriction. And I think that something I found is almost more helpful for people Say, you know, a lot of um, diet plans or um, they'll make you sort of get to the end of the day and then list what you've eaten. And um, so for some people, that's really helpful because they can actually see how little they've eaten and might encourage them to eat more. But I think that 
even better activity is really to get to the end of the day. And if you're going to reflect on anything, mentally go back through your day and try and pinpoint where you restricted. Because sometimes we restrict because it feels so natural and habitual to do so that we don't even realize that we're doing it. And sometimes the stress of the eating event can cause you to restrict. And then when afterwards, maybe a couple of hours later, when you feel calmer because there's no food threatening you and you can think rationally again, look back and think, hmm, actually, I could have probably done better there. So if an example would be, you know, you might look back at breakfast and think, well, you know, it was great that I had a bowl of oatmeal and a yogurt and a couple of pieces of toast, but maybe actually, maybe I could have had sort of more nut butter on that toast. Maybe I was a bit restrictive in my choice there. Sometimes you can do that in hindsight when you're looking back from a calmer point of view, that when you and you can't do it in the actual moment. So it's sort of looking back at your day and asking yourself, well, where did I restrict? Where could I have eaten more? Where could I have allowed myself to eat more? When was I hungry and I didn't eat more? And that's an important one as well. You might have been hungry between lunchtime and whenever your mid-afternoon snack is and you didn't eat because there was something in your head saying, well, don't eat now because you're going to have a snack in an hour. That's still restriction. If you had the desire to eat and you didn't eat, that's still restriction. And so look back at your day, learn from it. And then with that information that you've taken from your day, move forward to the next day and use that information to your advantage, to your recovery's advantage, and use your own honesty in there as well. So that the next time you get that desire to eat in between meals, you respond to it and you say, nope, I know that I'm restricting if I don't eat now, therefore I'm going to eat now. And another important, important point on restriction is because I know a lot of you can sit there thinking, oh my God, she's crazy. If I eat everything that I want to eat, if I eat in accordance to my mental hunger right now, I'm going to eat like 10,000 calories a day and that's going to go on forever and ever and ever and ever. And so therefore you interpret as unrestricted eating as I'm going to eat 10,000 calories a day for the rest of my life. That's not generally what happens. You might even take, you might eat 10,000 calories a day for a really long time. Basically you'll eat as much, if you eat unrestricted, you'll eat a ton of food and you'll keep eating a ton of food until your body's in energy balance. When it's in energy balance, it no longer needs to prod you all the time to eat. So the mental hunger goes away when you're in energy balance because the mental hunger is there for a reason. It's because your body's freaking out going, hello, you need to eat, eat food, eat food, eat food. And when you're in equilibrium, when you've weight restored, when you've weight restored to whatever your personal, individual weight should be and you've also stayed there long enough to pay off the energy debt and I put did a podcast on energy debt a couple of months ago so look that up if you don't know what I'm going on about there but once you've got to that equilibrium part point which I will emphasize is not just weight gain it's weight gain and sustained long enough for the energy debt that you've accumulated over however long you've been restricting for has been amended when you get to that equilibrium point the mental hunger no longer needs to be there asking you to eat the whole time. The body isn't frivolous. It doesn't just do mental hunger for no reason. It's doing it for a reason because you're in energy deficit. When you're no longer in energy deficit, eating unrestricted will look like eating as much as you need in order to maintain and sustain your body weight. And so for me, in that period where I ate unrestricted early in recovery, that really was gem generally between five and 10,000 calories a day for me. 
and I ate that like that for what seemed like forever, but honestly wasn't, you know, not, in, in the scheme of things, wasn't forever. It was, you know, months. And um, then gradually, naturally, as my body came towards equilibrium, that mental hunger subsided. And that was not me deciding, oh, I'm weight restored now, so I'm just going to stop eating as much, because that would have been restriction. That was my body and my brain naturally asking me for less food because it needed less food. And so it's not a case, and I've seen this so so often when somebody gets to what is quote-unquote weight restored, which I would argue probably isn't because it's probably BMI 19, and most people are not weight restored at BMI 19, but they get there, and then their dietitian says, right, okay, time to reduce the meal plan. Ah, 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 that's the worst thing you can do. That is restriction. The body will naturally desire to eat less food when it's in equilibrium. That mental hunger will go away, it will reduce. And guess what you're left with? You're left with a normal appetite. You have to eat abnormally large amounts of food in order to amend the energy deficit and energy debt that you acquired when you ate abnormally small amounts of food. When you're in balance, you just eat normally. And normally for you, I might add, because there isn't a normal for the general population. And I'd also want to add in there for, for most people with anorexia, normal eating is more than your average Joe public person needs to eat. So normal eating for me is actually more than my husband eats. And that's fine. That's what my body needs. And my body maintains its set point weight if I just give it what it needs. But in order to get there, I had to eat abnormally huge amount of food. And I had to eat unrestricted. And I still eat unrestricted. It's just my body doesn't ask me as much as it needed to ask me for when I was in recovery period. So I hope that's answered some questions and maybe brought a little clarity on the whole restriction um, subject for some people. If you have further questions, you know what to do. You can just email me. It's info at tabithafarrar.com or you can tweet at me at love underscore fat underscore. Go out there and eat without restriction. There's no ceilings. There's no upper limits on what you can eat and the more that you eat in recovery the sooner your body's going to have the fuel it needs to repair body and brain and get out of that migration response don't be scared of food your body will work this out if you feed it as it's asking you to do thanks for listening cheers and until next time cheerio